Welcome to the CanoeRaceWorld.com podcast, your home for everything related to marathon canoe racing. Now, it's time to get your paddles wet with your hosts, Kevin Olson and Bill Mahaffey. Take it away, boys. Welcome back, race fans, to another episode of the Canoe Race World Podcast. I believe we're on episode 33. I'm joined here in the studio with my co-host, Rebecca Davis. Rebecca, how are you doing today? Great. Uh, lots of paddling this last few weeks, and I'm starting to feel recovered from the marathon now, so it's just in time to go race the last leg of the Triple Crown. And that's what we're here for today. We have the last leg of the Triple Crown coming up. Luck. Classic de Canoe de la Maurice. I'm, someday I'm going to learn French. I really am. It's going to happen. We've got a great guest for you here in the host in the uh, studio today, uh, Sarah Lassard. Sarah, thanks for joining us. How you doing, Sarah? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Oh, it's it's our pleasure to have you here. Are you excited? Ready for the big uh, big race this weekend? Of course. I've been looking forward to this since uh, the finish of the marathon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Seems like it was just yesterday, but those of us that were there don't want to relive it anytime soon. So, yeah. (laughs) Well, thanks for joining us. Maybe Sarah does. Yeah, I do. (laughs) I've had lots of fun. (laughs) So, uh, one year my dad was feeding for me and Sarah was, we must've been close together. And he said she went over, I think it was loud dam where I usually feel as, as horrible as I possibly can feel. And she's, she's running down the portage going, I feel wonderful to her feeders. <laughs> he said he's never seen someone smile so big that late in the race. <laughs> I love this race. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, let's uh let's jump right into it. We're we're going into a drastically different race coming up. Talk us through the course, right? The course changes a little bit each year, right? What do we have for a course this year? Are you talking to me? Sorry. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. Well, this year, uh, there's always like we started in Letuk, and there's always like a buoy turn. Last year and this year, they've uh, shortened the buoy turn that we have to do in Letuk. So instead of going up the current and passing the crowd and the start line, we're actually just starting and do, doing a buoy turn below the start line. And then we're going down and it's uh, it, basically the longest day will be the first day, which is my favorite because uh, then you're done with the longest part. <laughs> and I agree. Uh, that's about six hours, I think, of paddling. Yeah, something with, like that. Yeah, with four feeds that are like you have to go uh, inside of the buoy. So basically it's fair for everyone and there's no no one has to feed in into boats. So I think that's that's better for people that are coming from outside. Even for me, I just live four hours away from Letsuk, but it's much easier to find feeders because they don't have to have any skills, paddling skills. So they're just standing in the water, which is really good. Yeah, it's uh, I think that's uh, something that's made it easier for us, too, because you can do like one feeder can feed your team instead of needing two or two or more people um, with the canoes. I mean, people did it solo, like out of a C1, but it's a lot harder to feed C1 there because if it's windy or, or rough um, during the feeds, that's much more difficult C1. So I think that's been a good change for the race. 
And it comes into the strategy a little bit. I know some of the top guys will skip one of the feeds on the first day to try to get a gap. Mm. Okay, so there's four four designated feed zones or feed areas on day yep. one. Exactly. Gotcha. I've never I've never seen people skip the the first day, but I've seen people skip the second day. So I think it depends on. I think it depends on the weather as as well. Like if it's really really hot, maybe people will drink a little bit more, and if it's cold, like you might not drink as much. Okay, yeah. that would make sense. Absolutely. What are we supposed to have for weather this weekend? Oh, very good looking weather. Seriously. It's going to be like, uh, I think, well, I don't know in like uh, how you say in, the, in the, the United States, but for Quebec, it's like 22, 24, which is really good. There's going to be wind, but it's not going to be chaotic. Yeah, and that's right around 70 degrees for uh, U.S. paddlers. Thank you. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't tell. No problem. <laughs> so, I yeah, was doing the conversion we... in my head, but I know somewhere there's going to be somebody that's like, 22 degrees is ideal. That's snow. Are they insane in Quebec? <laughs> no, no, 22 is perfect. It is. <laughs> Yeah, it looks it looks like the and the nighttime lows aren't going to be that low, so it'll be about 50 at night. So um, if we have any earlier, although most of the days start a little bit later at Classic, which is really nice, especially going into day two and day three, not having to start at like eight or nine in the morning. Yes. <laughs> well, walk us through day two. What do we have for day two? Uh, so day two we start in uh, Saint Roch de Miquinac, which is exactly the finish of the the first day. And then we go down, and there's uh, one feed in Grand in Grand Pile, and then we have the famous portage in Grandmère, the one kilometer portage. And then after that, you go in Beau Rivage, and then there's another portage in the wood, which is a uh, very fun and entertaining. You can't go a lot of people though there through there because it's very uh, it's very narrow. And then you put in, and then you go straight to Shawinigan, and then in Shawinigan, you do, uh, so the portage on the boulevard is back. I know a lot of people like that because it's like, uh, it's, well, I like it. It's very entertaining. Like, you you run, and there's people cheering everywhere around you. Basically, you're a little bit like at the marathon. So it's a lot okay. of fun. And then after that, we just go, once we put in after the portage on the boulevard, there's just like three or four buoys that we have to take, like do a kind of a, a little circle in, in front of the crowd, and then it's the finish line. Oh, yeah. wow. So they've got a, a nice like spectator area and everything there, a yes. lot of crowd? or Yes. It's very entertaining. You're running and basically everyone is screaming around you, and, and you know you're almost done, so you're like running like crazy, and then you put in and you have maybe like 10, 15 minutes left, so... It's fun. Yeah, it's to me, it's like the closest experience I've had to like what you feel like the Tour de France riders must feel like when they're coming up to the mountain top finish and like the crowd is just like parting in front of them. Um, they don't let them do that anymore. We have, uh, I guess, like uh, fencing on the side so the road is clear, but there's just so many people and it's so loud. Uh, it's really, it's a super unique experience for paddlers and, and a really cool one to have okay got to be an interesting collection of people there watching that's got to be something to see yes definitely to participate in so is it true that in quebec the the ranking goes 
hockey players, canoe paddlers, and then rock stars. Like canoe paddlers are actually above <laughs> rock stars, right? <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't say that. No one recognizes me when I go in the street, so I guess you're not right. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere there's got to be a Sarah groupie. Like, there's probably a fan club <laughs> going on. Oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, it's, so uh, it is cool, though, when you go up there, Sarah, like the amount of um, of coverage that the race gets from just the committee doing it and then also like the newspaper articles and things like that is really impressive. Um, even you know, the marathon does a really nice job with that and the Clinton does a good job with it too, but it's just something to see when, when the guys come to the U S and do a big race, they get written up in the paper and that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And this year, I don't know if you heard, they will uh, broadcast the rate, the race through the radio. So you, you will be able to follow the race with the radio and I'm hoping that the signal will be better than when we have it uh, videotaped. So we'll see how this goes. But it should be interesting for people that want to follow the race and that are not right there in La Mauricie. Now, that that sounds incredible. Do you know what channel that is by chance? What station? I am not 100% sure, but I could look it up and you could uh, post it in a link or something like that. And I can yeah, tell you I- afterwards. Absolutely. We always love to support the the companies and the businesses that are supporting our sport. Um, I mean, Consumers Energy here in the state, uh, Black Diamond Broadcasting, obviously. But if there's a radio station up there that is covering that event, especially if we can find it, maybe listen in live here in the States, that would be awesome for sure. If you could share that with us, it'd be great. So that's day two. Walk us through day three. Uh, so day three, we start uh, on the other side in Shawinigan, so uh, Le Boulevard du Capitaine. And so we start, we go around one island, then we do two buoys, then we go past that island again, and then we go straight into a portage. And I would say, Rebecca, tell me if I'm wrong, that's about like 25 minutes maybe? Yeah, probably around there. And then it gets crazy because at the first portage, everyone has to get get out on on like two or three docks. So it's not huge. And then you go, you run through a very steep hill and then you go down through a very steep hill. And that that's entertaining, too, because it's it's going fast. (laughs) And then you put in the water um, and this is a place where there's sometimes wave and then you paddle. Uh, up until the second portage, which, which is La Gabelle. And this one is in Concrete, and it, it goes down very fast as well. And then once you put in after La Gabelle, you go into some uh, swirls, and you cross the river, and then there's some waves. And then after that, the famous uh, rapids are are there. So, And I, I really like that part. I think it's really, really entertaining. Some people... Uh, might say it looks big, but seriously, if you take your time and you just look, it's not that big. It's just it's just fun and entertainment. Yeah, and then and after the rapids, you go straight to Trois Rivières on the beach, and it's uh, party time. <laughs> yeah, Sarah is so good at the third day, so I <laughs> I'm always impressed by how well she runs. Uh, the whole thing she's good good from start to finish the third day and all the days Sarah you're great but but I always I can never keep up on the third day 
<laughs> oh my God, Rebecca Davis saying that about me. <laughs> Thank you. No, it's it is really impressive, and uh, and I think so. From a racing standpoint, um, the first day is really important, especially so if you're in kind of the middle, things like move around more. But for the top guys, the first day is really important. Um, I would say like we have areas with some shallow between the upstream at the start and then about an hour, maybe an hour and a half before the finish, there's like some shallow spots where they can separate a little bit. Um, and then the second day, you know, the portages I'd say are the big like strategic um, yes. points, you know, is you get to break the wave, you know, if you can run fast, you're going to get away. But the third day is probably the most, um, interesting to paddle. Like you've got the buoy laughs at the start and then, you know, a couple of, uh, pretty fast portages, maybe some waves and then, uh, the rapids at the end and then finishing almost in the St. Lawrence, which is, is really it's cool to see you you think you're in a big river and then you see a bigger river <laughs> right in front of you <laughs> yeah, I, I was just thinking to myself that's the st lawrence seaway right isn't that what they call that like yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's true though you think yeah. you're in a big river but it's huge after that yeah <laughs> yeah that's insane how many so walk me through it and let's take a minute if you don't mind how many i gotta say it with a french accent here portages is there like total because i was so they, yeah day one there's none and then day two there's three there's the long one in grandmaire there's the one in the woods and then there's the one on the promenade with all the crowd and then day three there's two of them which are both of them are kind of similar because you go up a hill and then down a steep hill so okay. there's five all together so there's five altogether. So I'm uh, kind of mentoring a few people that are newer to the sport and, and kind of walking them through things and trying to explain that there's more to canoe racing than just paddling a boat. And part of that, when you get past just paddling the boat, is picking those points, right? Picking those strategic spots. And a portage is definitely one of them because you can change the entire race there and get rid of people yeah. that don't portage fast, right? Yes, but I think people shouldn't be scared... You know, some people, um, I think, are reluctant to coming to Cossie because there's a lot of portage. But, I mean, unless you want to be top 10, if you're just coming to do it and have fun, like, you just slow down on the portage, you do it your speed, and it's it's doable. It's truly, really doable. And it's fun, and it's entertaining. So it, it shouldn't stop people from coming. Sure, shouldn't be a barrier. Yep. That, that somebody uses as their primary objection to the race. I can mm -hmm. see that. But yeah. if you're looking to compete and be in that top 10, you definitely have to practice running and uh, be good at getting out and getting in of the boat. Yeah. And, and I think too, like with the, the five portages that they have now, um, they are shorter and like easier running than they used to be. So there used to be some more on some kind of, hard trails or longer runs uh, now they're all you know pretty much there's one spot that's uh, a little bit harder downhill on this like on the third day but everything else is is pretty easy footing and uh there you know after you've paddled by the time we hit grand mare everybody's paddled six hours the first day and then i think what about two and a half hours the second day 
so we all have eight to nine hours of paddling already and and it really does make everybody like a little bit closer together on running because <laughs> we're all tired you know it's not like the start of the marathon where like everybody's no. fresh and, and feeling oh good so, <laughs> so I mean you try to run fast and and you know, we've, we've definitely been there, but I know Sarah and I have both raced well into the top 10 and the guys that would run away from us at the start of the marathon aren't running away from us so much <laughs> by the time we get to Grand Mare. <laughs> and it's funny because when you're running the Portage and Grand Mare, you feel like you're running so fast. And then I see my feeders next to me and I'm like, oh my God. No, I don't think I'm running so fast. <laughs> 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 yeah with with that third portage of the the second day on the we call it the boulevard um but the the one with all the people by then you're actually running pretty well because i think you have those three portages like are in total about an hour apart so from the bottom of grand Mare to the boulevard is maybe an hour total and you, you get to run a couple times before that so you're like feeling pretty good by the time you get there and it's flat so like and, then you can run again <laughs> and the crowd is like motivating you like crazy they're screaming and cheering so you're just like flying yeah it's it's really cool and it's really good that one's at the end because if they did that one first we'd all be like almost walking so <laughs> <laughs> and good news for everyone on the third day in La Gabelle they have just redone the concrete so it looks very very good Oh, good. That's a, that's a, I always feel like my legs are dead by the time we get there. That last one, it's, that is one thing I think um, I don't practice enough is running portages like hard a couple days in a row. You know, usually like if we do the marathon, it's kind of all in one day or if you do the Clinton, it's all in one day, but like to run a couple longer portages back to back days is uh, sometimes your legs feel pretty flat. Hmm. So Funny, funny story. When I did the, the classique with Graham, um, we ran so hard the first portage of the third day, so going through La Belgo, that when I finished the classique, the place where I was the most sore were my quadriceps. My legs were hurting like crazy, more than my back or my my upper upper body muscles. So you can really push yourself through there. Yeah, it's, uh, I will say, Sarah, I'm not looking forward to portaging against you this weekend. It's, <laughs> I, I'm, I think I'm running pretty good, but I know I, I don't run as fast as Sarah does on these portages. So no, no, you'll be fine. You're, you're, you're <laughs> a runner. Write, write that down, Sarah. This is your chance right there. Oh right? No, she, she knows. She knows. <laughs> no, no, no. One thing at a time. <laughs> yeah, I just, and I, I haven't actually, I paddled with my partner one time, like four years ago. So I'm going to see, we're going to get there and paddle Friday and see how it goes. So I don't know even, I'm sure we're going to be good, but I don't know what our best thing will be until, until we're in the race. So, <laughs> so I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad to hear this. because I've, um, I know you've done, I think the Rat River race with Ryan. Yeah, that's the only time we ever paddled. <laughs> okay, so I'm doing it with Christoph, and 
we faddled one six years ago. <laughs> so we're then, the same then. <laughs> last Sunday, uh, we meet up and we paddled maybe for like an hour 40 or something like that. And I was like, blah, 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 the entire practice. And then I was like, oh, maybe I should concentrate on like <laughs> watching stuff and being attentive. But I guess we just had too much to say. <laughs> Well, I'm sure you guys will go really well. You're both um, have done so well and and really are like champions for the, the men and the women. So you should go great together, mixed, be nice and smooth. It, it should for be sure. fun. That's that's what I, um, when I asked Christoph, I said, I'm looking forward for two things. I want a partner who I will have fun with and a partner who I will not die in the rapids with. And he said, <laughs> yes. I can do these two things for you. I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we've already kind of transitioned into this, but let's talk about the mixed race a little bit. Uh, it's a probably one of the bigger mixed fields I've ever raced in and a really, a really competitive one. Yeah, it's a, it's a very nice field. I've, I've, I know there has been uh, very big fields as well in the past years when uh, Edith was coming with uh, Trevor Robinson and you were coming with Mike. Um, but this year should be good too. I mean, you're there racing mix, so that should be uh, really good too. And Eve uh, Chamberlain, uh, she's racing with Francis and um, Eve is, uh, she has become really, really good. I've raced with her uh, twice this year and I've practiced with her and she's really good. Uh, she practiced hard and Francis has been paddling for, I think, 10 years so he knows he knows how this is done so I think they will do uh very good as well and and I think uh Francis was fourth last year in Classic, so you know he's had very very yeah, good yeah. results there so uh they should be a really strong team and then we're bringing from Michigan and I guess kind of Texas uh Danny Medina and Cecily Boogie and yes. they're Danny is I've raced with Danny at Classique, and he's really strong there, so stable, really good in the waves, uh, really level head, and, and he never gives up on a race. So even if they are back a little on the start, they're just going to keep going and be really strong strong at that. So uh, I'm, it'll be Cecily's first race there, but she's done the water safari so many times that I don't think oh, anything yeah. scares her. <laughs> That's good. That's really good. And I'm glad she will have like a experience for different kind of water. People keep on talking about the classique about like big water, big water. And so I think it's good. And it just had it adding to her experience to see that kind of water. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, not to count out um, some of the other teams, the mixed teams that are coming, they're really solid and, and strong, strong mixed teams. I see yeah. uh, the Gabriel that has been, Sorry, yeah, Gabriel yes. and Sarah. I, I yeah, Sarah you have Rose. to you, yeah. you have to recognize them for sure. Um, Luis and, and Shirley. Um, yeah, who else is on that list? Uh, Louis Lefebvre and Shirley. They have been doing it for like I will say eight or nine years. They have been they have been around uh, around for a long time, and they always paddle together. So they're like they're a couple in life, but they, and, and they, I mean, they always practice together. So I think their team, uh, synchronized is really, really good. Yeah. I, last year I raced women's and I was around both of those teams. Some, um, 
Louis and Shirley and then Gabriel and Sarah. And they were both like really um, good teams and paddled well together and seemed like they knew uh, where they were going. And, you know, it's, it's, it sounds like, Oh, duh, you just go down the river. But when the river's as wide as it is up there, there's a lot of lines, um, especially it seems like up by Latouk where you can mess up the river and, those teams were, were good at that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then there will be uh, Jessica Turscott uh, and Roger uh, Desonier. She Jessica, it, it will be her third time, and I'm not sure about Roger. And another team who are not registered yet, but I know they will register, it's Allison Dennis, but I can't remember who she's paddling with. So all in total, there should be, as of now, eight mixed teams, which is one more than last year, so it's really good. Wow, that that is really good. That's a solid mixed field with eight, considering there's uh, 34 teams total this year. Yes, well, as for now, there's 34. As as for now, 34. Okay. And I I would Um, like to, every time we have Sarah on, I know this is her second time, but I really, like, Sarah has done so much for the paddling community and for women um, in Quebec that paddle, and it's really, since I've started, you know, there were, like, two or three women in the race total, and then this year, having the eight mixed teams and three women's teams as of right now uh, is just awesome. And a lot of that is because of the work Sarah Sarah did to kind of get things going and being inviting to the, that, those women. So um, now I think, Sarah, you're the ACCQ president this year, too, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like, this is one thing I, I really put a lot of effort into, like getting women into the sport, because I just know that it's like possible to do well in that. And we are such a nice community. Like everyone helps each other. And I think that motivates all the female to paddle more and do more C1 races. So that's really good. Yeah. And I think uh, it looks like this year's women's field, we've got uh, one team that, that did it last year, um, Tina Pham and Caroline Fortin. Exactly. And- and that's, it's so awesome to see. They are so happy when they're out there all the time. Like they get done with the race and they're just big smiles. We, we, we were with them. Yeah. We were with them at the end of the marathon and I'll never forget. We were closing in on the end, just kind of trying to get it there. And they looked over and were like, how much longer? And I felt so bad because all I could do was look over and go, I don't know. <laughs> and they just smiled. <laughs> Yeah, these girls are fearless. Like Tina and Caroline, they are, they, they have been canoeing for not so long, but they, like, every time I would tell Tina, hey, come on, let's go do that C1 race, she she would be like, okay, let's go. And she, she does it all. And they're like, really, really nice people. Like, it's easy to chat with them. And they, they will do everything. It was their first marathon this year. And, uh, I think they did awesome. I'm really proud yeah, they of did, them. They did very well for finishing their first marathon under very tough conditions. Extremely well. I was impressed. Yes. And they're making a lot of progress over last year. You know, you just see their results and they're, you know, as a women's team, I think it's really hard uh, to get like strong enough to move the boat. And, you know, Sarah and I have both raced a lot of women's, but it's taken time to get where you feel like, like this goes from like, okay, we're racing women's because we want to race with another girl to like okay we're racing women's but like we're really fast still and that just like it takes a while to develop and they're like 
re- they're coming on every race. They get better. Yes, exactly. And then the other female team that we should watch is uh, Michelle and Phoebe. Um, so Michelle, uh, I think she hasn't done any. It will be her first um, classique, definitely. And I think it will yeah. be her first race from the Triple Crown. And I am telling you, you have to watch out for her because she is amazingly strong. She is much stronger than I am. And she hopefully next year she will come to Canton and show the world how strong she is. Um, She used to be a a swimmer. And it's kind of funny because Phoebe also used to be a swimmer. And now they're, they're racing together. So I think they will do very well together. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I've been watching Michelle. Uh, she's, she came with her partner, Ryan Stepka, and raced Canton C2 a couple, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago. Uh, and they were really impressive there. And then I've been tracking her C1 race results in Quebec. And and I would I would put my money on her to, to be the women's Canton cha- champion next year, unless the rest of us, like, get stronger all of a sudden because I don't know if we're going to be able to ride her (laughs) but that's good it's a it's good to see and I'm so glad she's getting um into the triple crown more I mean her paddling ability has been there it's just uh jumping in and and it's funny to see them as a rookie classique team because Phoebe has so much paddling experience as well and at a really high level so I I think they should do really well (laughs) I feel the same too. Like Phoebe is super solid. She knows what she's doing. She will bring the experience to the boat and Michelle will be very strong and Phoebe is very strong as well. So they should do amazing. Yeah. And our, uh, our third women's team is uh, Leah Heelskamp and Caitlin Minar from Texas. And they're going to be another team that it's really going to be inspiring to watch again, both rookies at Classique. Um, but a lot of water safari and now getting into the Asabo experience and, and a really good women's team. Um, yes. So they, they will, were, they will do very well on those like three days, like in the long run. Like I, I can't, I cannot wait to see how it's going to go for all of them. I think it's going to be very interesting. Yeah. And they're uh, the one thing that I noticed when you paddle around people from Texas is they never, like panic. They're always very like just steady and, and cool headed and racing, you know, in three days, everybody has a low period. So it doesn't matter how good you are at some point, you just don't feel your best. And they really seem to ride through those spots, maybe better, better than the rest of us do. So I think there's a lot of opportunity there. (laughs) Yeah. As a people, the Texans have an uncanny knack at looking at the worst of situations going, it's fine. It's going to be okay. And smiling. So yes, absolutely. I would look for that team on day three or day two when everybody else yeah. is in the hurt locker, just yeah. to kind of smile and go, Hey, Texas is here. <laughs> They're probably be saying like, ah, oh, it's okay. I've seen worse. There's no crocodile trying to eat me here. So it's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you guys keep your snake? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, and they I think when they see our portages, when we when we're like, Oh, this portage is so long or this portage is so hard, it's like they didn't have to climb up like a forty foot mud mud bank and then run through some like logs. So it's it's nothing. 
Yes. It, it, it's a different level of toughness for sure. For sure. Yeah. Let's uh let's jump to the men's field. Uh... Yeah, there's 23 uh, male team, and I can I feel like we can already say who's gonna be in that top five, but it's it's very often like it's it's uh I think at Classique it's often obvious who's gonna be like in that top five. Can we, can we put you on the spot and get your top five in no order? You don't have to pick no a winner. Order. Just your top okay. five votes. Yes. I am not no saying order. any order. Um, so I'm looking at the list right now. I will say Louis-Simon Pruneau and Serge Palger will be there. Christophe Marchand and Weston Willoughby. Uh, no surprise, Mike Davis and Steve Lajoie. Um, I will also say Jimmy and Guillaume. Oh, I'm missing one now. <laughs> yeah, now it's hard. <laughs> no pressure. I think, I think that will be my top four. Oh, and Pio and Christian Charette should do really well, too. So that's about it. Yes. And Guy Rousseau and Jeremy Deveillé, like, I would have to do, like, uh, Ryan Matthews and go, like, this person will be one to four, and then this person will be five to seven. <laughs> 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 that's awesome speaking of ryan matthews i know he wanted to be on tonight um he had something come up and couldn't make it um ryan we'll catch you on the next show yeah it's uh so one thing about the men's race i think that's a little bit different at classique is one we have a, a lot of races already from the season so we kind of know who the top top boats are you know when we're going into the clinton it's everyone hasn't really raced against each other that much uh, so classic kind of, you know, that makes it a little easier to predict. And then, uh, the nature of racing the three days, like everyone is, I would say maybe a little more conservative strategy wise, like mm -hmm. early in the race. So, so usually the top men's team are content to ride together until either like a sprint to the finish or until they get to the portages. Um, unless they happen to get separated by waves or like a weird shallow spot, they're, they're not as actively trying to drop each other through like the whole race where they might at the Clinton or the Asable. So, um, that comes into it a little bit, I think. Yes. I think everyone starts really hard for like 10 minutes and then everyone gets together. <laughs> One year we were like, I think 15 boats in the, in the like first path because everyone was waiting for everyone <laughs> yeah and especially on the second day if it's not rough um that's i think they've had packs in even the 20s just that second day like people just keep going on because no one wants to pull and mm -hmm. if you already have some time from the first day and you're in the front like it doesn't really matter so right, that's the joy of a stage race is that it you don't have to win all the stages it's just a cumulative overall time thing and yeah, you let let somebody else do the work and ride, and who cares if it's a pack on day two, right? <laughs> I, 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 I oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, you go first. You're the guest. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I found it funny because I'm like, let's say if I'm at the end of the pack and you see some other people coming to get in the pack, you're like, no, just, just go, go harder, go. please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't stop right here. <laughs> no, it, that is so true. <laughs> 
So when I raced with Mike in 2018, uh, that was one of the years that Andy and Steve raced together. And we were in the front pack all the way to Grand Mare, and it was the longer second day. So it was like three plus hours to get to the first portage. And we were going like as hard as we could to stay in this pack, like the whole way there. And, you know, then it broke on the portage, but like we had a really good day. So we get to the finish and I was talking to Andy at the end and he's like, man, he's like, that pack was just so slow. He's like, I was getting cold because it was like raining. He's like, I was just getting cold, like trying to go that easy, but we didn't want to pull. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I was just dying. Like it's the hardest day of my life. (laughs) I couldn't wait to like get to the portage just because I knew like, it would be easier with like fewer teams. <laughs> That's interesting. It's an interesting strategy. So it is. Um, is there many shallow? Now you mentioned shallows. Is there many shallows on day two? Day two? No, but, but day one. So usually on the first day, the guys, like Sarah said, go hard for like that buoy lap that we do at the beginning. And it's really shallow on the shore and it's harder to be, like behind so usually the team that hits the upstream first will kind of try to break away uh usually they regroup after that but if you can get like sometimes people get pretty big gaps off of that and uh sometimes those stay and then it's uh we call it grand ants i don't know if i'm saying that right but like the third feed that area is kind of sucky and a little bit shallower and sometimes the race will start to break up a little bit there would you say that's kind of how it goes to you Sarah uh it's it's kind of funny I think the so the first day it's like you have shallow where you wouldn't imagine it would be shallow because it's so large you you think the river is like really really deep (laughs) but it's not (laughs) yeah So you're like going well going well and then you're like ooh, okay this is different water but it's entertaining like it's it's I think that's nice. I like shallow, so. Well, and I think it it does break up the, it makes the first day a lot more interesting because it is the longest and it is at the beginning. A lot of guys aren't, aren't going to like go like they, you go really hard. I mean, she's, I, I feel like classic is the easiest to like overdo it because you're like, Oh, it's not as long. So I can go harder, but you're doing it three days in a row. Uh, but sometimes people are a little more conservative early um, and a little more content, content to ride in the in the pack. So those shallows, I mean, it, it definitely breaks it up. And, and it actually, I'm always looking around when I look at the entry list for like the guys, the numbers, like the canoe number of guys from Latouk, because they know that upper stretch a lot better than the rest of us. And like, there's some spots where you can gain like a minute or two easily by just going in, in the right line. And, uh, (laughs) I don't know. I've, I've found some good ones to follow over the years. Um, but it seems like that section has a lot of different lines you can take that could be really good. Um, if you know where to go. Okay. So is, um, how important is for the listeners, right? How important is being able to read the river through that section? Sarah, would you say that reading the river is pretty critical uh, over the course of this race? Well, if if you know, as Rebecca said, if you know a team who knows this river, you, you can just follow them. Um, I think the rapids, you can gain a lot if you can 
read the current properly and not go into the back heady or like take a bad line, which will put you in so much trouble that you won't even be able to paddle kind of. Um, I think some people are really, really good at remembering everything, like every little spot. Um, I think because it's so large, I can't remember as well as I can remember the course in, at the marathon because the marathon, it's, it's narrower. So I think it's easier to, to remember like the shortcuts and stuff like that. But the Kosiki is really, really large. And sometimes I feel like you can't really read where it's shallow. You can watch the other teams though. And when, when you, when they look like they are miserable, you know, you shouldn't pass there. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't go there. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'll agree with that. Like it's, it's sometimes like the river is so wide that by the time you can really get a lay for where the water is going, like it's too late to cut across. Mm -hmm. So you kind of just have to go where you're at. Um, and then there's, you know, once you like screw up a spot, like several years in a row, like I've probably done, then, <laughs> then you're like, okay, I think this is the spot. I always go in the wrong spot. So let's try a different, a different <laughs> line. But sometimes that doesn't work either. <laughs> Hopefully it's not just another different wrong spot. <laughs> Well, and one thing that does help a little bit is there are some channel markers out there. So yes. for like, and, and if you're unsure, um, there is a lot of turbulent water the first day, not not like the third day, like the third day is a lot bigger uh, waves and turbulence, but there's, there's quite a few little sections that have like a tiny drop. And uh, those, if you're unsure where to go, those channel markers can really help at least like, at least, you know, that's a good, like not a bad spot to go. Exactly. True. So I don't know, is I'm looking, I don't think Dominic Chamberlain is racing this year, but I followed him several no. years. He's from the no. Duke. So <laughs> he is not doing it. He's into mountain biking now. So yeah. So no yeah. Kusik for him this year. And I haven't seen the guys from uh, La Tuc uh, registered. So normally there's a uh, the Marchand brothers yep. are from Metzik, but they're not, I haven't seen them this year. So we're not going to be able to, <laughs> to follow them. <laughs> oh, darn. I'll just, yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to find someone new to follow, follow Giru. So he's, he's one of the more <laughs> experienced guys. So <laughs> we'll follow yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I think uh, it looks like there's a couple, um, there's a U.S. team that I haven't seen up there. Greg Lowry and Dylan Kirk are coming this year from New Jersey and Massachusetts. I'm really excited for them to go up there. Uh, they, ha they have a lot of experience or, or at least some experience doing some outrigger. And uh, so I don't think they'll be super intimidated by the waves. And I know Dylan, it's, uh, you know, was disappointed when he got uh, sick right before the marathon. Yeah, yeah. so... So I'm glad to see him. Looks like he must be recovered and, and feeling better to race. Mm -hmm. And talking about other teams, there's um, number 91, Rémi and Antoine. They are very inspiring. So maybe a month ago or something like that, they started canoeing and then they were like, hey, let's do classique. So I wish there would be more people like that, just like getting in the boat and being like, yeah, let's let's try this. So I'm I'm wishing them luck and uh, I hope they will have a great time because they're like young and really motivated about canoeing. That's that is awesome. awesome. So so they literally just started like this year, like a month or two ago, and yeah. they're like. <laughs> I think uh, 
one of their first race was the Festival La Rivière, which was like three weeks ago. And their, their goal in that race was just not to tip. And they didn't tip. So they were like, yeah, let's do Classique. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> that's fun. That's really fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, so one thing I remember so clearly about last year is seeing everyone finish and just being like so many teams are excited. Um, a lot of teams last year, I think it was their first classic and they were just so excited at the finish to to make it there. Yes. And uh, so that'll be really exciting for them to, to do the race. That's a big, big accomplishment. Yes. I'm also very happy for my friend uh, Thierry Dufault. So last year it he is uh, Eve's boyfriend. And last year he fed for her, so he didn't do the classique. But now this year he's gonna he's gonna get to do his first classique with the Jeremy Michaud, and they should have fun. They're like a very nice team to be around. And uh, we have so uh, Renault uh, Fajul and Dave Fajul. They'll they'll be uh, finishing their first triple crown. Yeah. So it's their second classique. But uh, Renault is he 16 this year or 15? Uh, I can't remember, but he's very young. So it's a father and son team. And uh, they have done amazing at the marathon. Um, so I know Dave got injured after that, but I think he took his time to recover well. And I think now he's better. And that's another team who are used to racing a lot together. So they, they've done most of their races together. So they, they, should, be, they should do well as well. Yeah, and uh, I also have to mention my dad, uh, Bruce Barton, and he's racing with Solomon Carrier this year. So anyone who hasn't heard, which if you've been around them, you have, <laughs> um, they won Classique in 1987 together. And uh, every 10 years since then, they've made sure to race. They've done some in between there, too. Um, but now they figure they're they're getting kind of old, so they've gone to every five years. <laughs> um, so this is the... <laughs> The 35th anniversary of their win, and they're the best of friends, so it's a good excuse for them to be together. So I'm, I'm looking forward to them uh, doing the race, and I think they'll, you know, this is the the best race I think for my dad, and uh, him and Sal always go well. So I think they'll have a good a, a good time, and and hopefully be happy with their finish position. Mm -hmm. But they'll be that, solid. That is awesome. <laughs> we, we we need to get those two on over the winter. And get the story of the '87, right? That, that would be great. Like, yeah. your dad is so smooth. Um, Bruce is so smooth, and he is so stable. I've raced only once um, with Bruce, and it was in Canton. But you can tell, like, he's never gonna flip, and everything goes so smooth. It's really nice to paddle. Yeah, it's uh, he's great. Um, if it gets rough, they'll have a really good race because he's. He's so good in the rough water. So um, that's our our family usually like wants it to be kind of rough because it breaks the race up a little bit. Um, and it's usually good for us. But <laughs> I know I know that's probably the best for them. They want a rough water and, and like a dry, dry portages, no rain. So <laughs> Oh, so, so what you're telling me right now is is I should wish for no wind. And lots of rain. That's what I think. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I don't mind the rain. It seems like it always rains one day of Classic. Like, it seems like I have so many memories of just, like, getting, like, a big rain where you can't see anything. <laughs> That's last year. The third day was like that, I think, for a little bit. 
I can't even remember. Oh my God. Yes. Last year when we went under the bridge where before the Gabelle. So yeah. we, went, we go under the bridge where the train is and then it started pouring like crazy. Like, and then, and then that's the spot where we put in after the Gabelle and it's already like the water's already in movement and there's some swirls. And then in addition to that, the rain was there. It was very impressive. Very nice it, to see. Yeah, you couldn't see. I remember when we got to the bottom to put in. So for that portage, you have to put in facing upstream and then and then like you turn around um, to go like around this little rock point. And there was so much rain that you couldn't tell like what the current was doing, um, which there's a lot of current there. So <laughs> I don't know if that made it better or worse. I didn't flip over though, so I guess I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, it was just very impressive. Like you, it's like one of those moments you know you won't be able to live again. Like it's, <laughs> it's never gonna yeah. be like this again. Yeah, it's it was almost so much rain that like to see your partner, like to call the switches, like they they couldn't hear you. Um, it was it was a lot. <laughs> Sounds like it was a monsoon. That's crazy. Yeah, it's I've I've had like we've had some pretty good rains up there since I've done it. And then one year on the third day, they had us finishing in the St. Lawrence and they had to we finished like in somebody's yard because it was so rough. They had a small craft advisory, so we had to finish like upstream of, of where they planned. And I just remember the the lady whose house we like had to go through her yard she was like giving everybody hot cocoa when they when they finished do you remember that sarah yeah so but i'm glad i'm glad everyone seems so welcoming in quebec oh they do they do it's um this year i'm staying with a, a paddling family and we have like our family is eight people going up so it's like way too many people and they're just so excited to have us and um cook for us and have beds for us and it's like the hospitality has been amazing and I, you know it, it's one of the things that keeps us coming back is just uh, how how friendly the paddlers have been and in the community there so it's um, if you haven't done that yet you really need to get up to the classique and and experience it because all of the all of the things that the the U.S. paddlers do for the Asable and the Clinton the Quebec paddlers give right back so how would yeah how, how would uh, Madam President Sarah how would somebody yeah. find um, the the like a Facebook group or something like that to get in touch with paddlers from Quebec if they were interested in doing this race? Yeah, so on the ACCQ there was some someone um, I think it's uh, Alexandre Bordelot, but I'm not so sure. Um, who said, if you're looking for a place to stay, just write to me and I will help you find a place to stay. So we already have plans on um, how we could have like a, something set up on the website so that people could write and we can find them like houses for next year. So it would be easier for them. And also feeders. So I know like the two girls from Texas didn't have feeders. And um, I like the community is kind of small. So everyone helped each other out. And I think now they have feeders and they're good to go. So it shouldn't be something stopping you from coming at the Classique if you need a place to stay. I don't live in Letzuk, but for people that live in Michigan, I'm on, like, when you come to the Classique, I'm on your way. And when you come out of the Classique, I'm on your way too. So 
people can come sleep at my house <laughs> if they want. Um, but I'm sure like you can you can write to uh, you can write to the ACCQ and we can help you find something. And I think the the classique knows that this is one thing that will help paddlers come. So um, this is one great suggest suggestion to give them. Yes, and if, if you haven't checked the ACCQ out on Facebook, um, they're probably the best at getting the results posted, and they have tons of races. Um, you guys have a Wednesday night series, which um, is really cool, and then races on the weekends, uh, and really do a good job posting the information. So um, I think if you haven't checked that out yet, you you need to. Yes, I'm really... I'm really um spoiled with the the council i have this year uh everyone is really on top of their games and like uh, jeremy michaud he's uh, the responsible for the wednesday night race and he he's so good at organizing this that i, I don't have anything to do <laughs> and then tina is the one posting the results all the time so um and uh so anyway everyone in, in the council is ready to help so if anyone needs some help finding feeders or a, a place to stay please write to us and we'll do our best to help you. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, hey, before we let you go, since we're on that subject, what advice would you give to a new paddler looking to try? Uh, you, you have to pronounce it and you have to pronounce the whole thing. La, la classique de canoe? How, how do you pronounce it? In, <laughs> in French? <laughs> yes, 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 please. I love the language. <laughs> I just can't speak it. La classique de canoe de la Mauricie. So beautiful. <laughs> All right. So what would you give for advice to somebody like as a as a first timer looking to come to Quebec? Oh, okay. So this is my advice that I've learned from one year I was racing with Tim Sheldon. So every single day that you're doing a finish, give your maximum. Even on the third day when you think, oh, well, I have seven minute difference with that other mixed team or that other team. For sure, I'm not going to pass them. No, <laughs> just give your maximum. Every single, like, every day you finish, you you go all out. Because you never know. Maybe they were not so good with the portage. And maybe you could have made up that time. Um, so that year I'm talking about specifically, Tim Sheldon and I had, like, seven minutes in the back of uh, Barbanal. And we ended up making up, like, six minutes and 55 seconds. But we didn't sprint to the finish, so we should have. <laughs> so now I'm just telling that to everyone. Sprint. <laughs> now that's good. That's really good advice, especially considering a lot of people don't actually do like stage style races. So, yeah, sprint to finish every day. That's fantastic. Huh. Cool. Rebecca, I want to hear your advice. <laughs> My advice would be to just go out a little bit and practice you know in something that's a little bit out of your comfort zone like get get on a lake or some bigger water before you go to classic i think it even just going one time helps a lot uh we always talk about paddling like on top of the waves so if you're in michigan a lot of times when it gets rough and wavy people will paddle like in the in the troughs and then the boat kind of bounces where if you paddle like on top of one wave and then on top of the next one it kind of like pulls the bow across so you don't bounce and I think that helps a lot um, with stability too because your your boat is staying nice and flat 
but I think I think definitely just go try the classique. It's so beautiful up there, and the food is so good, and the people are so friendly, and it's just a really cool racing environment that I think everyone needs to experience. That's a very good advice. Very cool. Yeah, no, I, I'd like to thank you, Sarah, for coming on the show tonight. Uh, you, you've been a fantastic guest, and I, I wish you a, a, a great race this weekend. Uh, Rebecca, I, I hope you, you know, as always, that I wish the best for you, too. Uh, until next time, that was a great episode. Uh, good luck in Quebec, and we'll catch you on episode 34. Thank you for listening to the CanoeRaceWorld.com podcast, where we love marathon canoe racing and aren't afraid to say it. Be sure to visit the website at CanoeRaceWorld.com and don't forget to support our sponsors who make this whole thing possible. Until next time, keep paddling.